Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Medical issues, sex and family. Finance, parenting and emotional development. Sidebar with Cindy. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Kaya FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. So tonight, it's your turn to consult with the doctors um, who I'll be having in studio with me, well, online. Um, and this evening, our first doctor is Dr. Muketo um, Atsikane. She's a neurologist and she works in the Kempton Park area. And um, she'll be answering all your ne- neurology questions. But before we take your calls on 86 I'm going to ask her to explain what a neurologist does. So good evening, Dr. Atsikane, and thank you so much for joining me on Sidebar, Cindy. Uh, good evening, Cindy. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. So I think people always get confused between a neurologist and a neurosurgeon. And I know that when I was when I was younger, I couldn't really tell the difference. But now that I've qualified, I know exactly what each one does. But let's define for the Afropolitans what exactly a neurologist does. Okay, I'll start with the neurose- uh, neurosurgeons. Uh, surgeons means that you operate. Yes. So neuro is the brain or the brain and the spinal cord. So which means that the neurosurgeons, they operate. And then I'm a neurologist. We treat all the medical conditions that has nothing to do with operation. Mm. Okay. So you guys don't do any surgery, but you, you work with everything to do with the brain and the spinal cord in a non-surgical manner. Yeah, exactly. Just have maybe if if we're doing surgery, just be the biopsy, let's say muscle biopsy, but it won't be like something that will take more than an hour. Okay. But we hardly go to theatre. Okay, and I think the commonest the commonest um, neurological um, condition that I can think of is epilepsy. Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, let's let's have a discussion around epilepsy, and um, I think yeah. What is epilepsy and what generally causes it? Okay, I think I would like to give maybe like clarity between the seizure, convulsions, epilepsy, then it would be much easier to give the definition or explain what epilepsy is. Okay, great. When so then when a person is what you call fitting, you know, like when the person has got actually when the person is fitting, we call it a seizure. But if the person has got two seizures that are 24 hours apart, then we call it epilepsy. So which means that something is disturbing the brain. It can be something of an old cause. Let's say, for example, you were involved in car accident long time ago or you were once operated. Mm. Anything that can irritate the brain can cause the seizure. So the conversions and, and seizure is one thing. Okay. Yes. And so... When someone has a seizure for the first time, what, 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 just you, you're sitting at home and this person mm-hmm. falls down and they, and they're fitting. I mean, people call it fitting. Mm-hmm. What are the do's and don'ts in terms of the safety of the person that's fitting? Okay, starting with what they need to do, you remove anything that can uh, injure the person. Because remember that when a person has a seizure, it's something that is not planned. It just happened very quick. So you remove anything that can hurt the person. Let's say, for example, the person was cooking. You make sure that wherever they are, they are free. But you leave them and just put them on the side and then make sure that they don't hurt themselves. Uh, the don't do is uh, things like putting something in the, in the mouth, trying to open them so that they shouldn't bite themselves. 
the danger of putting something in the mouth is that they can swallow that and then it end up going to it may end up going to the wrong pipe, let's say the respiratory where you breathe the lung where the lungs are, mm. which might cause uh, more problems. And or let's say for an example, it, these days most of people they are reactive, they're HIV positive. Yes. So just imagine you put some yeah, you know you, you can understand what may happen if maybe someone buys someone who's HIV positive and the like. So it's better to I mean biting their their tongue is better than putting something in their mouth. So those are the don't. Okay, so so, so the message is clear that if someone is having a, a fit. A seizure. You don't put a spoon, a wooden spoon, or a stick, or anything in their mouth. You just lie, make them. You, you remove any object that could hurt them or harm anyone else. You lie them on their side and you leave them like that until the seizure is done. Exactly. Okay. And you also then need to 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 time how long the seizure lasted because this will help you when they when the patient presents. It'll help you to make a diagnosis or to figure out what's what caused the seizure. Exactly. Okay. And then in terms of childhood um, um, disorders, um, Dr. Tsukane, um epilepsy in children, I mean, I've, I've heard people say that, oh, as a child, I had epilepsy and, and, mm-hmm. and then I outgrew it. Is that something that happens? Uh, it happened in what they call uh, febrile seizures. With the uh, neonate children, they can have seizures because of the temperature. Unless if so, so that the, the febrile seizure, most of the kids they outgrow it. But some some kids they can have other causes of seizures, or it can be something that is running in the family. That one they can outgrow. Okay, so so febrile seizures is when there's a high temperature and the child starts fitting, and it's a exactly. it's a once-off incident brought on by the temperature of the child because of the temperature. So it kind of like a provoke something is bringing it up. Okay. All right. And the treatment for um um for epilepsy, Doctor Tsikani, I know that in 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 some circles, you know, being on anti epileptic anti anti gosh anti epileptic medication, um, is it's there's a bit of a stigma associated with being epileptic. Um, can you talk us through that and why would that why, why would why would there be stigma associated with that? I think the the common thing was that most of the old anti-epileptic or the medication that are used or the, uh, for seizures, they may have some of the uh, uh, side effects that are not welcomed in the family. Mm. Let, I mean, I mean the community like I say. So let's say for example, you, you're using the medication that make your gums uh, big or you make your, your functionality not too good. The old anti anti-epileptic medication, they had bad side effects or you look too sedated such kind of thing. So then I think uh, the, the, the stigma might have been attacked because of the side effects thereof. However, currently we've got a lot of newer anti-epileptic um, treatment with less side effects. Okay, so it's a matter of finding the right one that works for you. That works for the person, yes. And this is not medication that you stay on for, for life, or is it? Because that's another question that people will ask. What we advise is because the problem is, the reality is that the seizures, we don't know when will it happen. And then, so then the, the, the medication for seizures, they are lifelong medications. Because what, let's say, for example, now you're diagnosed with epilepsy, you call, you've got epilepsy. It's not a provoked seizure that is caused by something that can be treated, let's say your high sugar mm. or any problem that can be treated. So in that case, you find like this person needs to be on medication for lifelong. However, most of the doctors, what they do, because most of the people, they feel like I can't be on medication for the rest of my life. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's the thing. That's, that, that's the biggest problem, you know, that people yes. face. Yeah. 
So then what other doctors do, they try to taper, let's say over time, let's say for an example, you've been seizure free for a year to two years. What other doctors do, they stop or they reduce the medication and then they stop it to, to, with, with the hope or anticipation that you won't have a seizure. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you won't have a seizure. So let's say for an example, you agree with your doctor that I've been seizure free maybe for two years, for a year, for five years plus. And, and then we, we, you withdraw the medication. If you happen to, be, to have a seizure, so it's better to be on the medication for lifelong. So it's just the issue of we anticipate that there is high chance that maybe because you've been seizure free for this long, you won't have a seizure. Not necessarily that the seizure is completely gone or we have got evidence that the seizure is completely gone. Okay, so your, your opinion is that if you start anti-epileptic medication and you've been diagnosed with epilepsy, it's better for you to stay on the medication for life. Especially if there is a there is a, what you call the cause. Let's say for an example, a patient had a tumor. Yes. And then was operated. Yeah. So this yeah, and then there's a trigger. There is something that is, is triggering this this problem. Let's say for an example, person was involved in car accident, had injury. And uh, so then because of that scar that may continue to irritate the brain, it's better that the patient should be on the medication for lifelong. Okay, so that... Unless if... Yeah, yeah. So, so Dr. Scanner, it's then important for us yeah, as doctors to, to make sure we counsel our patients and make sure they understand why a medication must be taken for life. Yes. Okay. Well, it's 10 past 7 on KFM 95.9. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Sidebar Cindy with me, Dr. Cindy Siwe Fansel, and we have Dr. Moketwa Tsikane, a neurologist based in the Kempton Park area, um, and she's answering all your questions. We have a caller from Midrand, and Mulase has a question for us. Welcome um, to the show, Mulase. Uh, good evening to you, my African sister and uh, and the physician uh, in your studio. Thank you, thank you. I, I just want to find out from the physician as to what are the common causes of TLE and what is the likelihood of TLE affecting the uh, hippocampus and as a result of that affecting one cognitive um, processes. Okay, so this is a question for Dr. Um, Tsikani. That is correct, yes. Okay. She's, a, she's a neurologist, isn't Yeah, no, she is a neurologist, yes. Okay. Okay. So, Dr. Tsikani, you have a question from Malasa, and he's asking about TLE, temporal lobe epilepsy. Yes, and with temporal lobe epilepsy, you find like, uh, the, the patients may present uh, in a different way. Some, they may have this kind of like a behavioral changes or that just happen uh, haphazardly. And then uh, some, they may not really fall down to have those vigorous stages. So then the easiest way to diagnose it, it will be via doing what you call the, our test that we do, the EEG. So the EEG, what when we do it, it will show some what you call the spike on the on the uh, on the on the strip or on the what you call the epoch. You see that there are some tem- the, the spikes there uh, on the temporal uh, lobe. So then it's better that the patient need to be on the medication. Okay, so temporal lobe is basically a part of your brain, and the EEG is a part of the brain. Yes. And the EEG just show that there is a problem on that area in particular. Okay, and the EEG is then I come into your office. I lie on a bed and then you you put mm. all these things on my head and then you yes. make a tracing. 
Yes. Okay. All right. So we have so Dave. It's better, it's better, it's better to, 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 to treat it because it's like any other etiology. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm any other causes. Yeah, like anything that can irritate that area, which is the temporal lobe, the, what you call the, 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 the part of the brain, anything that irritates that area can, also, uh, can cause the temporal stage. Okay. We have David from Johannesburg on the line. Hello. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. I just want to find out. My daughter had a clot removed from the brain. But after that, uh, she's currently recuperating. She's going to work and she's going for medical assessment. I wanted to find out if it's safe for her to can be able to take a trip like B in a three or four hour flight. Okay. I'll listen on the radio. Okay, thank you so much for the call, David. Dr. Tikanya, David had asked about his daughter and flying. I'm not sure if the daughter, like I had the, 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 the operation, removal of the clot, but I'm not sure if the daughter was fitting. Okay, well, it, well, he didn't, I don't think I remember him saying that, but he wants to know about the safety of, of a three, three to four hour flight. So would there be a difference if the daughter had fitted? Would that affect, would that affect the, the flying or not? The flight, no, not necessarily, because what matters is the control of the seizure yes. and the triggers. Because uh, one will remember that there are different. I mean, the seizures are triggered by different things. Some they can be triggered by the stress, not sleeping, the uh, the bright light, and such kind of things. So then it depends if the daughter, if the daughter had seizures after the operation and well controlled, we don't think there will be any problem. Okay, so generally the daughter has to fly. Okay, so so generally, generally we don't have the theory that will connect the seizure and not flying because what matters is more of uh, controlling the seizure. If the person is well controlled, I don't think uh, the general lifestyle need to be affected. Okay, okay, so that's 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 important to note. The other thing I wanted to find out from you, Dr. Tsikane, is that um, you mentioned the bright lights. So, say for example, the flash from a camera. Right, mm-hmm. that can trigger a seizure. Yes. So, what's the cause of it? Because what what happened is that the 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 like as mentioned the EEG before. Yes. So then, when we doing the EEG, we have got what we call the um the the the, the light would stimulate with the light. We can shine the bright light to you to you so that we should bring up the seizures. So then bright light is known that it can trigger the seizure. So the letter, for example, we're doing the test and then we're not picking up any abnormality. For us to bring the seizure, we know that the, that the bright light uh, is known that it can stimulate the seizure. Okay. Theoretically. So then that is why even ex- you exposing yourself to the bright light can trigger the seizure. Okay. So we have David back on the line. And um, I think he's calling to clarify the question about his daughter. Uh, uh, yeah, I was saying my daughter doesn't really have seizures as such, but sometimes when she walks, it's like she loses balance. Although she's okay now, she's going back to work, and she's still, like I said, she's getting assessment. But what I wanted to find out in that case, if she doesn't like have balance and she's on a four or five hour flight, could this have an effect on her? And what would be the consequences? Is it possible that she can fly or she cannot? Especially looking at the number of hours that we might spend on air flying, say, from South Africa to Mauritius or New York. Okay, Dr. Tsikani? Okay, Dr. Tsikani? Yes, we can hear you. It cut me off. I missed the whole question. 
Maybe she can get some money for me. Okay, so his daughter hasn't had seizures, but okay. she had a clot or or something, and she has no balance. So when she walks, she has no balance. So David is concerned. Okay about the flying four to five hour flight say to Mauritius and he wants to know if this will have any effect I won't say effect related to I won't say effect related to the seizure per se but I think maybe the people can advise uh, him better will be the people who operate who operated at the child mm-hmm. the neurosurgeon yeah, because the issue of the pressure, pressure changes and so forth, that I don't really deal with. Okay. So people who, yeah, I think the neurosurgeons will help it, uh, him better than me. Okay. And just speaking about dizziness before we go for a break, um, is that something that you would you would work with? So say I have a patient that presents again and again with, with a history of dizziness. Would a neurologist be able to diagnose that and, and find out what is causing it? Yes. Okay. So common so, causes of dizziness? So the common causes of dizziness are from the neurology point of view. We're looking at the small part of the brain that is at the back that we call the cerebellum. So our dizziness, when it comes, it comes with other issues of the cerebellum plus the um, the balance issue, the um, the coordination where you find like you've got balance issue because of the cerebellum, the eye movement, such kind of things because of the cerebellum. However, it is important on our side to to, to check if this this dizziness due to cerebellum or is due to the ear issue, which of which is if it's due to ear ear, which means it needs to go to the ENT. And then the other thing that we need to look at. Is it heart-related, what we call the syncope, where the person will feel dizzy before you know it, then they, they, they pass out. So then we look at that area. Is it neurology problem or is it the ENT problem or is it the cardiologist problem? Okay, so it's important then if someone has dizziness or any other thing to do with the, with the brain to write down as much information as they can and when certain incidents happened and how long they lasted because it makes it easier for you to make a diagnosis. Yeah, it is very much important uh, that there need to be like a, a, a good relationship or working together between the patient and the doctor, because the patient will come and say, "I'm dizzy," but need what, someone need to go further. What do you mean by dizziness? Because the way the patient describe dizziness uh, is like they they, they is, is, is they are in their own ways. But we know as uh, medical doctors that you need to go further on finding out is it the dizziness because of the heart-related issue or is dizziness because the, the ENT-related issue, the ear, nose, uh, uh, and throat-related issue or is because of the heart-related. So it needs to be uh, between the doctor and the patient. They need to work together to come up to the diagnosis. Okay, and so the more information that I can tell you as a doctor, then the more... Well, yeah, the more information I can tell you as a patient, the more you can help me and the more we can make it, di- the more we can get to a diagnosis. Okay, great. And we're taking your calls on 86 959 SMS is on 36959. The hashtag on, on social media is Sidebar Cindy. And the other hashtag is KayaFM Talk as we take your calls for um, the doctor's appointment. So we are joined by um, Mr. Dlo Butler, who is a physiotherapist based in Midrand. Um, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Sidebar Cindy. Thank you, Doc, uh, for having me. Okay. So, first things first. Um, I'm, I always love defining stuff. What does a physiotherapist do? Okay. I think to simplify matters is to try and explain in the context of well, how physiotherapy fits within the healthcare space. Yes. So, basically, a physiotherapist is a healthcare practitioner who actually diagnoses, 
sits and manages uh, what we call musculoskeletal and chest-related conditions. By musculoskeletal, I'm talking about conditions that affect your muscles, your joints, and all related structures. By all related structures, I'm, I'm talking about tendon, I'm talking about ligaments, and others. So a physiotherapist will, be, will, will come in uh, and, and, and try and look at those structures from the point of what has happened to, to a patient. Let me give you an example. You are involved in a motor vehicle accident and you, 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 you injure or break your knee. So there are so many structures that are involved there. You've got what you call ligaments, tendons, uh, others called meniscus, mm. those structures support and uh, allows the joint to function. So if the therapist will come in and uh, assess what is uh, happening in terms of what could have happened in, mm -hmm. uh, during the accident and uh, based on a proper and thorough assessment, they will uh, design or, or come up with a, what we call a treatment program uh, which will allow a, 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 a treatment to happen. And then uh, when I speak about management is that obviously depending on the nature and, uh, and the severity of the condition, the patient will need to be seen uh, continuously uh, for, uh, for a certain period depending on uh, what the initial assessment outcomes uh, brought about. Okay. And I know that, I mean, in my experience in the hospital, um, you, especially patients that that are overweight, like like people like me, if you've had major surgery and we need to get you out of bed as quickly as can, as, as we can, the physiotherapists are always on hand to make sure that we're mobilizing. That's another thing that you do. You help patients to mobilize and get back on their feet as quickly as possible. Yes, thank you. So let's go back to the very, very same example of the knee injury after an accident. So um, whether depending on whether the patient was operated or not, um, the, the physiotherapist will, will need to come as early as possible to start with uh, what you, you have just defined as mobilization, which is uh, actually getting the patient uh, active in and around the bed so that uh, uh, the patient is able to heal quickly and avoid unnecessary uh, uh, damage or, 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 or pro, uh, uh, future problems that may arise on the knee. Okay. And in terms of sports injuries, um, um um, Mr. Low Butler, do you work with sports injuries as well? Yes, definitely. Especially in my practice, I, I work with quite a number of uh, 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 sports uh, people. Um, also, referring to the uh, uh, pre previous marathon, the comrades, mm -hmm. we actually engage with them before uh, and after. And by before, I mean a lot of them will either behaving new injuries or old injuries uh, or any form of uh, uh, body uh, muscle dysfunction they'll need to come in to try and make sure that there won't be anything during the run that will affect their running or the completion of the race and also after the race they'll come because others will have sore muscles others will have strained themselves others will have actually even injured uh, depending on whether they are first runners or Okay, so if you're a runner, it actually is important then to consult with a physiotherapist um, just to make sure that everything is working fine. Yes, it's very, very, very important because a lot of a lot of runners, um, um, and most of which I come across in my practice, they actually do not prepare enough. And uh, even even when they do, they do not actually do it properly.
properly. And what I, what I mean is that they need to understand exactly what it takes to, to become a successful runner as far as preparing your body's content. They, they, most of them, they do not warm up. They, they, they actually run more than they are able to at a certain period. And those, those, those kind of incidents result in a lot of injuries and uh, affect them going forward. So we try and make sure that we do not, we do not only treat them, but we, 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 we do what I spoke about, uh, which is management. We try and educate them, mm. try and make sure that they understand exactly what is involved in the, in, 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 in the running process. I was advising one patient of mine yesterday that the problem with uh, a lot of, 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 of runners and, 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 and people who go to the gym is that they do not actually invest in people like sports trainers and, and other related people who actually will give them enough information about how to prepare for this. Mm. Because the, uh, even though we'll need to see them later, other injuries and other uh, musculoskeletal problems can be avoided and prevented. Mm. Well, we're still taking your calls on 86 And you can SMS us on 36959. Um, I'm chatting to Dr. Tsikane. She's a neurologist. And I'm also chatting to Mr. Mpoto Butler, who is a um, physiotherapist based in, in Midrand. So just coming back to um, um, Umpo, you know, so... I'm overweight and I'm very open about my weight, but in the last four years, I've lost quite a bit of weight. The one thing that I hated was, was, um, exercise. I really hated exercising. And it was only later on that I realized that I was too heavy for my knees. And had I first lost the weight, the amount of weight that I have lost now, I'd have fed better at gym. So do you, what, you know, do you advise? people who are overweight like I am, I mean, I'm over 100 kgs, to first change the eating, get rid of the excess um, weight, and then go to gym. Yes, actually, that's a very important statement that we're making. It's actually in line with a uh, new company that I'm, I'm actually uh, uh, running, which is actually focusing on health consulting and wellness. Because uh, in, in our practice in the medical space, we, we do realize that uh, a lot of uh, patients have issues with weight and they do not actually understand the impact in the long run or uh, how this this weight uh, will affect them health-wise. Mm. And and what we do is to invest in trying to educate them about the importance of taking care of their body and making sure that at least they are within uh, a, a, a normal BMI. You are a doctor, you'll probably understand, but uh, yeah. BMI, trying to, we are trying to say, in a, in a good level of, of height and weight that are within uh, the range that are acceptable. So we do that more and try and make them understand, especially as they grow old. Because if you grow old, you become more heavier to your uh, to your joints. And, and everything is painful. Everything is so. And, 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 and your, knees, your knees are very strategic to you standing. Mm. And actually are doing walking. So if you do not take care of those kind of structures, in the short and long run, it will actually catch up to you. It so does. Actually, uh, what, what is happening is that investing in making sure that you you are you live healthy, and that take, that includes eating eating healthy, exercising, and other other related wellness activities that are are, are more important. No, and I can because, yeah. Because they are saying, if you want to live a good health life, wellness is the way. So mm-hmm. you need to actually take those conscious decisions yourself and say, how do I make sure that I do not become a problem for myself in the future? Mm. And you know, um, 
just just from from a weight loss perspective, because I, I mean, I lost about forty kilograms. The one thing that changed the most in my life was the fact that I could walk. I could actually get to a shopping mall, park anywhere, and walk anywhere. But in the past, when I still had the excess weight, I, if I couldn't find a parking close to an escalator or close to the entrance, I'd go home because I just couldn't walk. I hated walking. I'd be sweating. I'd be huffing and puffing. And that's the biggest change. And that's the reason why I won't go back to how big I was because I enjoy walking more. I'm still lazy, but I can walk further now. <laughs> very true, Doc. Uh, it, it, it's very funny how a lot of us take it for granted, the importance of walking. Mm. And we, we actually realize it later when it is very difficult for us to take actually a number of steps to uh, do basic daily activities. So you, you, you are very right. So uh, it, it's very important that, that people take care of themselves and appreciate the fact that being healthy will allow them to live a, a good quality and, 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 and longer life. Okay, so we're taking calls on 86 We have Gail on the line and she's calling us from Johannesburg. Um, good evening, Gail, and welcome to Sidebar Cindy. Hi, Dr. Cindy. I wanted to find out from the neurologist. Yes. Um, I suffer from major depression and I've got a combination of three tablets plus Epitech 100 twice a day, okay. which is an epileptic um, medication. Okay. Um, why should I be taking that or is it something I can use on the short term or must it be on the long term? Okay. So, Dr. Tsikane, um, we have a question from Gail concerning her medication. Yeah, I think because like uh, what we like what we said before is, is that if uh, the medication is working, it's better that she need to continue on the medication because what matters is that the seizures need to be controlled, provided she doesn't have a lot of side effects or is. Mm, okay, so Gail is, is suffering from depression, and her doctor put her on 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 Epitech. Epitech, yes, because the thing is that some. Does she have seizures? It's only depression. It's only depression. And I know that, um, you know, when I was on medication for depression, that's one of the drugs that was introduced as well. Yeah, that they use for depression. So she was just concerned that why would she be given an anti-epileptic even though she's suffering from, from clinical depression? Okay. Yeah. Okay. The example that I'll give is that it's like in your house, you have got a key mm-hmm. that can open three doors. Yes. So you can use it for three rooms. So same implies to some of the medications. You can use them for depression. You can use them for seizures. And so then they work. They treat. They treat uh, 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 two different, two or three different conditions. But if they're treating depression, yes, it will work for depression because she doesn't have seizures. Yeah. So and what it does is that it actually stabilizes um, the mood. Okay, the so, mood, yeah, yeah the so, mood. It's, yeah, they're using it to stabilize the mood. Yes. So which means that they're opening room one, not room B, with the same key. Yes, yeah. So that's the reason why you've mm-hmm. been given an, an anti-epileptic. And you must stay on it for as long as, as your psychiatrist says that you yes. must stay on it. Okay. So coming back to the physiotherapist, and we'll just go back to Umpo um, um, before we carry on with you, Dr. Mtikani. I wanted to find out, um, when children have injuries, um, um, Po, d- d- do you treat children and adults or are there specific physiotherapists for children? I've always wondered about that. Okay, yeah. So what happens is that as a physiotherapist, you you, 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 you treat from children to old, 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 old people. But in the physiotherapy um, space, there are specialities where in which you have those that deal specifically with kids and um, obviously with the rest of 
we if a kid is injured, depending on the age, we actually use the same approach that we normally would use for, for adults uh, to, 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 to approach the condition. Um, and the good thing about kids is that kids don't lie. So the, ki- the kids will say, yes, I'm, I'm in pain, yes, I don't feel pain, compared to an adult where in which sometimes they may want to give you what they think they, they should give in terms of giving you responses. But the good thing about dealing with kids is that you get honest information and you are able to you know, uh, prepare your, your management plan properly. And have you, it's true about kids not lying. Kids are very honest. Adults always want to stay at home and not go to work and all sorts of things. You know, um, I, you especially see this after workman's compensation injuries, which you guys deal with quite a lot as well. Um, when someone when some when someone has been incapacitated for a long time, so say you've been booked off work, had an injury at work, you've been booked off for about six months, um, and now you must go back to your previous, you know, to the work that you were doing. From a psychological perspective, how do you how do you prepare those those people for entry back into the workplace? You know, I, I know that workplace injuries can be very traumatic, and um, is there anything that you do from a psychological perspective? Yeah, I, I think. The, the most important thing with that group of patients, especially those who were full-time at work, and now because of an injury, they are unable to, 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 to work properly. It's very important to bring not only the physiotherapist as part of the treatment uh, 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 package, it, it's very important that the family, that, that, that the patient it, 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 it comes from, it's involved in the treatment uh, or in the management and, and all other related, uh, relevant healthcare practitioners are, are able to, 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 to intervene. Because mm-hmm. the most important thing with uh, injured uh, workers is that they, 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 they get psychological because the most important thing is fine is the financial part of it. They are worried yeah. about their families. They are worried that now, how do I now manage at home? I'm used to waking up. Uh, a certain routine is what I know, yeah. but not because of the injury. I'm, 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 I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So part of it is to cancel them and say, we are going to work on you. You are going to be fine. It's not the end of the 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 the, 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 the world for you as far as work is concerned. And then we obviously make sure that there is co- good communication between the, the, the employer and yeah. the employee and the related practitioner because that's, that's what that's what is missing in the in, in the management of this 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 this, 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 this patient mm. the, the most is communication they they get frustrated they don't understand what is happening mm. and they are worried about their jobs they are worried about what is supposed to happen to them in the future so the psychological impact is the most important one but if you sit them down, settle them up and say, no, this is not going to be a, a long term. Whether, whether or not it's going to be a long term, but they, they, they are, they are, they are, we're actually able to talk to them nicely and they, most of them, they understand and they come for treatment and eventually they go back to work. That's great. No, you guys do a great job. I must say, I mean, I know that in the area where I work, I do see a lot of workmen's compensation um, patients. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, the fact that they're not making, um, uh, they're not make, earning a salary. Some people's, some people earn a salary for a few months and from there it's cut off until they get back to work. It adds to the stress of, of getting better. 
Yes. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask something with regard to that. Um, I'm chatting to Dr. Muketo Atsikane. She's a neurologist. And I'm also chatting to uh, Mr. Mpotlo Batla, who is a physiotherapist, and he's based in Midrand. And before we end for the break, he was just about to say something about workman's compensation and the injuries associated with it. So we'll carry on with that thread of thought before I go back to Dr. Atsikane. So you were saying, Paul, about workman's compensation and, and the injuries. Yes. I wanted to say... I think it's very important with regard to workman's composition and, and these related injuries that employers make it easier for us as healthcare professionals, especially as, as us as physiotherapists in the rehabilitation program of their of their employees. Because I think the most uh, 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 challenging thing in this regard is that a lot of employers do not uh, detail or give enough information to their employees about their policies as far as injuries, whether it's in the workplace or out of the workplace, uh, 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 is concerned. Because a lot of them, they get frustrated with regards to that. They do not understand and they feel like at work they are being abused or maybe they are not well managed. But I think if employers invest more in trying to detail uh, 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 policy regarding injuries and and how the process in which they need to follow as employees mm. in order to, 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 to go through this process of treatment or rehabilitation it will be very important. And the second point being that um, they send patients to us to try and help and by this by patient I mean employees yes. from their workplace yes. and they request recommendations and they request the reports and, and I'm sure you 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 you'll understand where I'm going. But the problem is that a lot of them they do not they either do not read the report or even if they read they do not understand. So mm. they get not to be in line in terms of the uh, uh, the, their employees' injury and what we are doing. Mm. And what will happen, you'll have that employee going back to the same kind of job or even a worse kind of, 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 of job function which they used not to do before. And that puts more frustration to the employee and even more frustration to us as uh, rehabilitation uh, workers mm. uh, from this, this perspective. So I think it's very important for employers, uh, if they are listening, that they need to actually make sure that they align their policies directly and clearly to, to, to what is happening or to what happens when the, the employee gets injured. And also, if they have a problem with our report and they do not understand, or maybe it's the medical language lingo side of it, or maybe it's the actual plan about the employee, they need to call us directly. Our, our, our reports have got our letterheads with information regarding what, what our, our location or our, 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 mm. our number. So they need to commun- communicate with us and try and understand what is happening to their employee because this is becoming a very big problem. No matter how good you are as a therapist, yeah. but if you are dealing with this kind of an issue, you will never make any progress because the, the patient now psychologically tunes on and does not actually focus more on the progress. They are trying to balance getting well and going back to work. And sometimes it 
takes one to be completed and the other one to come after. Oh, and and that, that, that has become a very, very, very big problem. And that has become now become my big focus with a lot of organizations. I am trying to make sure that we, we are pushing that direction. And, and, and we are trying to make sure that it doesn't matter whether you send a trained or five or fifty patients to me. If you do not have a good policy direction about how you manage injuries, if and when they happen in the workplace or out of the workplace, we will never see any progress. Yeah, and I mean, and a very good example I can give is something that I heard through one of my friends who works in the same industry as you do. And she had given a recommendation that the patient's chair must be changed. This patient had backache. The patient wasn't coping with the chair that she had at work and then she recommended please buy a chair that is economically sound and so on and so on if you want to get the most out of this patient and the chair wasn't bought so as you say a few months later back to square one the patient has persistent backache and is not coping at work including waking hours the doctor you know you you'll have an employee waking from seven to seven and and now the the, the employee is injured or it's not well. They still expect that employee to work the same hours because of whatever the policy direction may be taking. But at the end of the day, it's not practical. So it 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 also comes back to what do we do then? Because your employee needs to get better, yeah. but at the same time, you are not providing a good environment for that to happen. Okay. Well, let's go back to the neurologist, um, Dr. Muketo Tsikane, who's based in the Kempton Park area. And neurology is, um, you know, the, the study of the brain and the spinal cord, which does not involve um, surgery. So we've spoken about epilepsy. And um, the one thing that we haven't spoken about, um, Dr. Tsikane, is pinched nerve. I mean, because that's something that um, I hear about a lot. So what is a pinched nerve? How is the diagnosis made? And, and what is the treatment of a pinched nerve? Okay, uh, the pinch nerve, uh, it's, it can be... Okay, when you look at the, the, the back, there are bones there. Yes. And then some of the nerves, they go through the, 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 the holes that are there. So then you find like if there can be any... Between the, 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 the bones, the, the, the spine, the, the, the accretions, or what you call the disc. Yes. At times, that disc can slip out and cause the pressure on the nerve depending on where it happened. But the common one, like we have been discussing with the, physio, with the physiotherapist, is the lower back. That's where you find like most of the people, they, have, they, they, they may have a problem in what we call L4, F1, L5, between those two bones. There is that disc that is common in terms of uh, what we call disc prolapse. Mm-hmm. It's one of the surgical problems. But what happened is that in terms of the investigation-wise, what we do, because like at times the patient can just come through the neurologist, and then if we see that it's something that is compressive or put, causing the pressure like the disc, we do the MRI, that will give us an understanding that there is a disc issue. So then with that, uh, the other thing that we also do, we do what we call the nerve conduction studies that will show which nerves are in trouble, which one nerves are damaged. So then if the issue of the disc, in most cases, the neurosurgeon will take over and then they, will, they, 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 they may release that uh, pressure on the nerve. Okay. So, so is a pinched nerve then always treated by surgery or are there other options? It depends on the severity. Let's say, for example, the patient still have, just have... Um, 
the symptoms like the numbness not really uh, affecting the daily functionality so what we do we can give the medication but like if the patient starts to have problems let's say for an example i mean the leg is weak they can't move they can't walk so then they will need the surgical intervention okay great um going back to the physiotherapist going back to mpo Mpo, you, I mean, you obviously then do the rehabilitation of this patient that has had surgery for a pinched nerve or has seen a neurologist and needs a bit of work. And um, what kind of exercises would you be working, working with? And what do you recommend in this regards? Yes, um, a lot of patients with pinched nerve uh, are seen by us for quite a, a number of uh, uh, treatment uh, uh, programs. The, the, before we actually even get to, to exercises, we, 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 we have to manage pain, and there are so many ways in which we have to manage pain. Uh, there are machines that uh, are specially designed for us to use to try and manage the, the pain, mm. and uh, after that we will uh, do certain uh, uh, manipulation. By manipulation, is that I mean that we will try and work on that area to try and relieve that nerve pressure. And then the last one being what you spoke about, which is exercises, because obviously where there is pain, there's most likely to be weakness because the, the patient uh, will less likely want to use that part of the of the joint. So exercise will will, will, will depend on what 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 is the amount or level of, of weakness and and uh, there are so many exercises which 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 we, we, we employ to try and, and manage that 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 um, that pinch nerve uh, uh, problem. Okay. So so so, so it, it's very important that these patients are referred quickly to 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 to, to a physiotherapist because sometimes they, they come after they have developed numbness on their legs and now you have to deal with a lot of things. Meanwhile, they came very early uh, that would have been avoided and that obviously may lead to some form of disability in the future. It is not really uh, taken care properly or it's too late to, 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 to try and, and manage that successfully. Okay, great. Now that's a great explanation from both of you concerning um, pinched nerves. And um, before we let you go, I think there's one more topic that um, a lot of people complain about. And I want you to just go into a bit of detail before we let you go. Backache. You know, I'm sure you see a lot of patients with backache. What is your approach to someone presenting with backache? Yeah, so backache is very common, especially uh, for us as therapists, the majority of patients that we see uh, in our rooms will, will be complaining of backache and, and related problems. So with backache, we need to actually identify what, 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 what is the nature of this backache. Mm -hmm. Because like uh, the, the neurologist was saying, if it's a pinched nerve, the approach will not be the same as if it's uh, arthritis. Uh, arthritis, I mean, where in which we have a problem with the, with the, with the discs and, and uh, related structures on the spine. And uh, it, it could also be because of an injury to the back. So management is based on what actually caused that backache. Mm. And then obviously what we will have to do is that we will have to conduct a full assessment. We will have to find out if the patient is in pain on that area and if the, uh, if the patient can move that area of the back and how much strength does the patient have on, 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 on that part of, of the back. Mm. And uh, the most important thing is function functioning of the back because the, the patient is there because not only because there is pain or this, and it's because there are certain activities that the back can do yes. and at that 
time it's unable to do with the back. So we focus on those four things. We'll, uh, like I said, it's going to be the pain, the range of motion, and it will, it will be the strength of, of, of the area and also the functionality of, of, of the back. Okay. So we'll have to address and try and find out what is the issue and we try and fix one by one depending on whether there's the four of them or the two of them or any. Sometimes if this patient can come with stiffness, not necessarily pain. Yeah. Or the patient can come with um, uh, 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 lack of proper use of the back, but find that maybe it's not really weak or anything. So it depends on what what is presenting. And then by, by us finding out uh, what is what is really happening, we're able to apply um, relevant treatment modalities to try and solve the problem. Yeah, and then and I think people underestimate just how how debilitating back pain actually is. I mean, simple things like shopping, picking up your children, having sex, yes. it affects your whole life. A lot, a lot, a lot. And a lot, and the problem with males is that they keep it for a very long time until where, especially sexually, they cannot manage. So it's not necessary to, to wait until certain activities which you regard as very, very, very prime to, to, to be problematic. You need to get your back assessed as soon as it has back that there could be something happening to it. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing that information. Um, I really appreciate the fact that you explained everything in simple terms. Where can we find you? Okay, my practice is based in Midlands, halfway house. Okay. There is a center called the Health Emporium. It's just uh, next to the Boulders uh, Shopping Center. Okay, thank you very much. And I look forward to having you back on the show. I beg your pardon? I said thank you very much, and we look forward to having you back on the show. Thank you, thank you. I look forward to coming back. Okay, great stuff. And that is Mporto Butler, who's based in Midrand at Halfway House at the uh, Midrand Health Emporium. And just before we let Dr. Muketo Tsikane go, she's a neurologist neurologist based in the Kempton Park area. I have one more question for her. Um, Dr. Tsikane, I know that you also deal with backache. Um, yes. And and many times you then refer patients to neurosurgeons if if you know if the interventions from the physiotherapist and of course by you haven't haven't worked. What kind yes. of back issues would then um, would 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 have to be seen by a, a neurosurgeon? Would yeah, would warrant um, surgery? Okay, I'll start with the one that is more of the emergency. Yes. Uh, some people they can have the back problem, and then you find like before you know it, they start to have. Uh, the number one, number two, the sphincters, they are not working. So okay. that is die emergency. It's emergency. So if the person starts to lose uh, the functionality of the number one and the number two, it's agent. Okay. So, and then the other. Yeah. So, you ba- so if you have back pain, if you have backache, and then you can't, you can't hold your urine, you can't hold your feces in, you yes. need to present at a doctor as a matter of urgency. So loss of, yes. loss of sphincter control. Yes, exactly. Okay, and then and then quickly before we wrap up, what's what's the next thing that would would need you to see a neurosurgeon? So the other thing is that this person presenting with a backache, but is not just coming alone. It's coming with the leg weakness. It's also coming with the numbness. One need to be worried that don't we have the spinal cord problem that may need to be released? Okay. I mean, the, 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 let's, let's say the compression, the compression that need to be released. So if you've got symptoms, uh, uh, and then the other thing that will also help it will be the MRI that will show that there's a pressure or something that's causing pressure on the spinal cord. Okay. All right. No, thank you so yes. much, Dr. Tsikane. And we can find you at a hospital, Outrape Hospital in Kempton Park? 
Yes. That is where you're best. But thank you again. And I also appreciate the fact that you explained everything in easy to understand language, which makes it easier for all of us to learn from, from what you shared. So thank you so much for being thank on Sidebar, Cindy. Thank you, Dr. Fanzik. Okay, so I think the main take-home message is that if there's anything that's worrying you, Rather than sitting at home and popping pills and taking painkiller after painkiller, go and consult. The doctors are there, the physiotherapists are there to help you and make sure that we find a diagnosis. And then from there, we help you wherever we can. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.